This is Joshua Bell with The Kilt on the Cloth. This was my sermon from October 16th, 2022. I hope you're enjoying these. And uh, I'm going to keep doing them. So enjoy this sermon where scripture is profitable. God bless. Bye-bye. My scripture this morning is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through chapter 4, verses 5. It's a little nervous. You just have to point it out. Bobby's not here. Madeline's not here. Quentin's not here. Aiden Thompson is doing a phenomenal job running sound. And uh, Ted always says it for our 815 service, but I just got to... Give you a thumbs up, Aiden. You're doing good. And Ted, you're doing you're okay. Hear now these words from Paul. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from what whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ, faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, his judge, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. Time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Now get ready, Here's, it's really funny. But have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober. You are suffering. Do the work of an evangelist and carry out your ministry fully. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. In these final instructions to Timothy, Paul urges his protege to be faithful to the basics of truth that he has grown up with. Such biblical truth is indispensable in ministry. It's useful for teaching, he says. It's useful for helping people, for correcting the wayward and showing... Now we're going to come back to that last one, by the way, to correcting the wayward. And then showing people how to live. Such truth will gain and train God's leaders to do all kinds of good deeds. Chapter 4 begins and ends our lesson with a return to the basic instruction. Preach God's message faithfully. Preach, even if it's not the popular thing to do. Use the knowledge that scripture supplies to encourage and help people and 
I don't like the phrase to correct them, but in Paul's words, this is what's happening. From the grievous teaching that may have turned many away from the truth. This is powerful words. Now the fascinating thing about this is historically we have a, a little bit of a problem. He's not talking about the Gospels. So if you've got that in your head, you've got to let that go. He's talking about the scriptures that they already have. Remember, Paul's writing in between 45 and 65-ish. The Gospels haven't even been written yet. We know this. So none of that makes sense when he talks about use the scriptures that you've been taught. He's not talking about the New Testament. As a matter of fact, most scholars believe that Paul was not writing in a sense that you would get, you were going to get to read it. He is an apostle of Christ. These are his words. Talking to the groups of people that God has put in his trust. So for him... The scriptures are the Hebrew Bibles, or what you know as the Old Testament. This is a study on Torah. This is a conversation on what we know as a collection of Hebrew Bible writings, which they would have called the Tanakh. And in this Tanakh, this would have been stories of people's faith throughout generations how God moves in the midst of pain and suffering. And they would have been taught this from birth to the point where they could memorize it and say it out loud without even blinking an eye. This is what Timothy has been learning. This is what Paul is urging Timothy to remember, to use. This tradition. Now, the most quoted passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy is this phrase, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In our culture, this passage of Scripture is challenged on a regular basis. An inspiration of God. For some reason, I, I don't really know why it was so important. You know, it's, it's fascinating how Christianity forms itself and says, well, this is what we have to do. So, for example, the phrase inerrancy of Scripture really started kind of happening around the 18th century. But inerrancy of Scripture says that, uh, that there is no way of looking at Scripture except for every single thing on every single page uh, was God speaking, humans wrote it. Well, sure. It's also inspired. It's, Paul's talking about his own experience to Timothy. Yeah, it was inspired by God, but to say that it's inerrant is, is dangerous. Even if humans did write it in God, I don't know, somehow magically took over someone's hand, and I said that on purpose, somehow magically took over someone's hand and started writing pages on a, on a piece of paper, it, there's still going to be a, a, a variance of human error. So this passage of Scripture has been what people have decided to die on. Inspired word of God, inerrant word of God, which to me is, Paul is trying to say, it's the words on the page that breathe, 
that give inspiration. That's the focus, not if the translation is 100% accurate, not if we're using the right version of the Bible. It's not which version is the church decided today is the perfect version of the Bible, because we still argue about that today. In the Jewish faith, they were okay talking about God living and breathing amongst the pages of Scripture. Behind the text, or perhaps arising from the texts, are the issues of biblical authority and the Jewish tradition and, frankly, the transmission of Scripture. I want you to understand how big of a deal this is for Paul talking about this to Timothy. Paul was a Pharisee. He believed with his entire being that God had the ability to speak and life was created. You've heard this ad nauseum, and those of you that this is your first Sunday, I'm really stuck on a word called ruach. It's the word that creates life. It's the passage of scripture in the book of Genesis, which is known as the Torah for the Jewish faith, where God breathes life into just mere dirt, formed into humans. And as we have this breath in the Jewish faith, every moment that we're alive, every moment that we're alive, as we draw breath, is to do the work and the ministry of God's kingdom, to proclaim God's miracles unto the world. And yet, we still struggle with this, and so they write it down. You know that as the Old Testament. But it's the Hebrew Bible, because if that that's old. It no longer matters to us. It's, it's something from the past. It's, it's different. It's, it has nothing to do with it. You're, you're, you're basically saying to God and to everything else that the Bible has stopped breathing and living inside of your life. That Ruach has disappeared while you're breathing it. And in the same vein, the New Testament comes to life. As Jesus breathes life out of his words. So much so that we even get to the Gospel of John. And the believers of Christ at that time said, The words become flesh amongst us. You can't tell me that scripture isn't profitable. That knowing these words, knowing this this deep understanding of this language and where it comes from, how it changes, and yet we learn it from our faith traditions. We learn it from our devotional books that we buy. It was kind of interesting that on my 12-hour car ride, drive six hours there to Black Mesa, and then you drive six hours back. On the way back after hiking 8.4 miles, I had a little bit of a hard time staying awake. So I made the mistake of calling my dad, who was getting ready to take a nap. And I said, 
Dad said, in the midst of text messages over the weekend before I lost cell phone coverage completely, he, he was fascinated by this because the tradition tells us that Paul probably didn't write this section, but maybe one of his students did because he talks about a sound doctrine and scriptures as if they've already been written about Jesus, which would have happened later. And my dad is making the case because he's this, this Greek guy and he can read it, you know, whatever. And, and in the midst of this, he talks about, my dad was talking about the tradition that we grew up in and how scripture speaks to us a little bit differently than some of our other ministerial colleagues. In the Christian church, disciples of Christ, we struggle with the understanding of heart uh, of heart and mind. The disciples have a tendency historically to find scripture and to hear it, to study it, and there's Jesus in the presence and in the pages. So much so that we come up with phrases called like, no book but the Bible. And for us, we find God in the midst of the pages. And then over time, you find that the, the evangelical moments, like the, when you read scripture, we, we struggle with Acts chapter 2 when they start speaking in tongues. And we go through this whole thing, we're like, yes, but that does not happen to us. God only speaks to us through the pages. It all happened to some of somebody else. We taught, we struggle with these this uh, charismatic things that take place in the scripture because again we stay here, and it's hard to connect the two. And that's how our tradition has always stayed. It's not to negate other people's faith traditions. Because to say that the scripture speaks only to us and not to anyone else is to negate the understanding of the inspired word of God. God talks to all of us differently. God moves through us with the Ruach of God as we read scripture and it literally makes scripture breathe life into us. We get motivated by it. It challenges our life by everything that we do. The truth is isolated from life, and practice is not the tradition that Paul encourages Timothy to continue, but rather to continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, and then to share that with others. This is hard. The inspiration of scripture that Paul is talking about with Timothy is to change lives. That same breath of life that brought us from the dirt. That we're to use every single day to proclaim God's glory. you think about this as we end today. Largely beyond our understanding in the particular ways that the spirit or the pneuma works in bringing scripture into being, 
ensuring its transition and transmission, and it opens our heart to its gracious word. There cannot be an adequate analysis of how the scripture works within our life. But this we do know from Paul's understanding of scripture. The fruits of the spirit are. They're palpable. Dare I say enjoyable. They're visible in everything that we do as we have our breath, our ruach in our language, and it mixes with our own words. So does that breath of the Spirit enter into the language of Scripture and enable its very words to be a means of grace. A word that we also so often walk away from. So when we say God breathes, or God writes, or God speaks, yes, we're speaking metaphorically, but we're speaking confidently of the way of the heart of God comes for us, thoughts expressed in words. In the name of the Creator, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.